We've got a great episode of The Unknown Pro for you today. I'm your host, Sam Fisher, and I've got a very special guest, the one, the only, Kat Osterman. What's up, Kat? How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, I'm excited. I've, like, cracked into the Sam Fisher world. Yeah, you know what? We've made it. We've made it here. It's only good things from this moment on. Um, so, first of all, how are you doing with the Olympic tour being canceled? It's been a while at this point that you've been back home so how's that been for you um I think it gets rougher as the time goes to be honest um <laughs> you know we broke in I guess mid-march came yeah. home um I just knew with the way NCA was unfolding and everything else that the postponement was inevitable so I was ready for that um I don't think I was ready for like three months of not being with my team or on a softball field or makeshift workouts or whatever you want to call it um so yeah I was good for about a month and a half and then the last four or five weeks have been a little I'm like over it yeah yeah it's like Groundhog's Day it's just it is it's but it's except for it's like 540 days of it not really 540 but it feels like that um yeah I feel like now instead of being in a routine of like practice and stuff it's a routine of like oh I have a zoom call at this time on Mondays and this time on Tuesdays and this time on Thursdays Seriously. um center your time around your schedule around those things but yeah. um but I mean it's also been good and the fact that you know I've been home with my husband and my stepdaughter uh, which was unplanned and we've been able to do some things that were on a to-do list that you know, if I have time, I'll do this. Well, there's no reason not to. We have time. So, right. And planted a garden, like a, you know, build your own. I say above ground, but it's not like it's elevated. Yeah. But we got some jalapenos growing, some squash growing, bell peppers. Some wow. Basil. Yeah, we got some things growing. We're going to be like, a, I'm going to be, you're going to catch me at the farmer's market selling vegetables. <laughs> selling your peppers. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, it's cool because on the one hand, it, sucks but then on the other hand there's a silver lining of spending time with your family and growing vegetables yeah well I tell people all the time it's like this is the time that one we can all slow down if we need to but two like how many times do we say oh I'd love to try that if I had time yeah uh pretty sure we're all have plenty of time right now the time yeah there's God's gift here's the time <laughs> do everything you said you would do please Right. Yeah. Now, now it's a real test of, did you actually want to do it or were you just saying you wanted to do it if you had time? <laughs> right. Oh, here we are. Um, before, before we get digging deep into the, um, you know, the stuff that I want to talk to you about, I have to obviously read a little bio about you so that people know what they're getting into, um, and who they're listening to. So if you don't mind, I'm going to take the floor and just talk about you for a second. Okay. Is that cool? Go right ahead. So um, you graduated from Texas in 2006. So that was your eligibility when you finished in 06. You're a four-time All-American. Um, you have a gold and a silver Olympic medal. You're a two-time Honda Sports Award winner, four-time MPF champion, six-time All-MPF. Your jersey was retired at the Pride. Um, you were with Team USA from 2001 to 2010, and then now back with them since last year, 2019. Um, you were three-time NCAA Player of the Year, which you're the only person ever to do that. And second in strikeouts in the NCAA with 2,265. I, was, I wanted to keep my composure when I said that. It's just so many strikeouts. <sighs> and um, in the NCAA, you threw seven career perfect games, which 
you know, that's a lot. Um, so yeah, that's a little cat Osterman bio. Um, what, what, what do you think you're sitting here, you know, having done so much, do you think about that kind of stuff a lot? Let like, wow, I, I did those things. Um, I mean, yes and no, like not, not on the daily. I don't think back and think like, Oh, what did I do in college or <laughs> even pre playing or pre national team right now? Yeah. Um, but you know, I think with quarantine and everything, everyone's trying to figure out how to capture people's attention. So then, um, certain clips, whether NCAA posts them or pride or whoever come up and it's, it makes you relive moments and rethink back to things. I mean, I have fun mementos. You see this one behind me. This yeah. is when I, this is when I broke Courtney Blade's strikeout record. She held the NCAA strikeout record until um, I broke it and then Monica turned around and broke mine a year later. So, um, yeah. But my team signed that. That was That's awesome. they hung those obviously at our field. So, um, but there's like fun mementos all around this room that remind me sometimes, or you know, like I said, people post things and yeah, or people read them like you did. And two thousand two hundred yeah. something strikeouts just sounds ungodly. Um, <laughs> but like I, I've said before, like when you're in the moment doing it, you don't think it's ungodly. It's like what I expected out of myself with however many strikeouts a game, and so. Um, it's pretty, it's kind of gnarly to think back and yeah. realize like what you were doing is, was that cool because in yeah. the moment, like you just think you're playing softball. Right. And, and the fact that, I mean, you know, 14 years ago you were done at Texas and, and some of these things still stand, you know, like they, yeah. the stuff that you did has lasted, you know, the test of time at this point. So, so not only was it cool when you did it, it's still really cool now. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't feel like 14 years ago. I, I know, I can't, I just had my, uh, you know, like a Facebook memory pop up and it was eight years ago, you graduated college. I was like, are you sure? Because I feel like that was yesterday. Right. That's weird. We get old fast. I can't believe, I, I just can't believe it. I'm sure the same for you, obviously. Um, so I want to know, you're from Houston, right? Yes. So was Texas, Austin, was that, your school you wanted to go to just growing up as a kid or did you want how did that decision happen to go to Texas yeah um fun fact or well kind of just the state of the of the state of Texas yeah. um both of my parents are from southern Illinois so my dad moved there um because he was an engineer and got into the oil business um doing offshore oil rigs and such so okay. my parents moved down there once my dad graduated my mom followed him oh. um so neither one of them really have ties to the state of Texas Okay. But usually growing up, kids decide they're either a Longhorn or an Aggie at some point. <laughs> if you don't have family ties, you choose. If you have family ties, it's pretty much chosen for you. Um, and I don't really know what caused me to decide that I wanted to go to Texas in like third or fourth grade. Wow. Um, but something did. And that's before, let's mind you, that's before I even started playing softball like hardcore at all. Yeah. I had tried, at that point, I had tried once and quit the sport played soccer oh and this God. might have been when I was just starting to get back into it so I just know I asked for a Texas shirt for Christmas and I got it wow um and I still to this day remember what it looked like oh but um then when softball came to the picture and recruiting and everything um obviously Texas was still like really heavy on my mind um kind of my dream school we chose what um like once I moved up from 16 to 18, I changed travel ball teams. And so when we were going to like a gold team, 
which back in the day there were only like six gold teams in Houston, not like 60. So right. um, we, choose, we chose which team because the coach's daughter was going to Texas. And so we thought that would give me the best opportunity to get in front of them. Nice. Um, so it was my dream school, but I can say like when recruiting came, I gave other schools um, my time and I like did consider a few other schools. I actually visited, I took two of, two of my five officials. I had four scheduled, so I had to cancel two, sorry. <laughs> um, but I, had t I took a lot of unofficials too. So I definitely did some homework and didn't limit myself like the second Texas call to say, done, signed, sealed, delivered. Yeah. But yeah, it was my dream school. So we kind of made moves to make sure I got in front of Texas. And at one point I remember asking my dad if he thought it'd be good enough to walk on there because I would choose that if I could. So, wow. Yeah. We go there. Yeah. How close is it to home? I don't know anything about geography. So it was about two and a half hours door to door from my oh. dorm or my apartment back to my parents' house. So kind of one of those, you're close enough, they can come up and watch games, but like you don't really just take day trips. Yeah, yeah right. So. Was that, was that a, also a perk for you, being that kind of distance? Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, I obviously looked at some schools farther away, but to me, my parents being able to come to midweeks or just pop up for, you know, the Friday game of a weekend or something um, was important. And I have two younger brothers, both of which um, were still in school at the time. So to me, it was important to be able to kind of see them grow up as much as I could. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was my family and being able to see them and them come see me was, I don't want to say like one of the top three factors, but it was right there after yeah. my top three. So yeah, I, I definitely yeah. can relate to that. Because yeah. my, my school, you know, 45 minutes from home, so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I see, I didn't want them that close because I didn't right. want my mom and dad popping over for lunch and dinner, and right. I could do my own laundry, so we were good. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, you know what, I won't lie, I did bring my laundry home some weekends, so. <laughs> that's, I think that's so cool, and then from, you know, from Texas, obviously, you had this amazing career afterwards, you know, so a lot of, do you feel like, you know, stepping on campus as a freshman, that you grew as a player because you were at Texas? Yeah, I think, um, so what a lot of people don't know is me and another pitcher, Amy Bradford, we're both freshmen the same year. Um, we're still good friends to this day, but we got on campus and there was really only one returning pitcher on Texas's roster. Um, and she was a sophomore. Well, we go opening weekend. Um, I think opening weekend was the only weekend that um, the sophomore Natalie King pitched. And then after that, she was injured. And so Amy and I were entrusted with the rest of our season, um, just the two of us as freshmen. And so I knew that being recruited, that going to Texas gave me more of an opportunity as a freshman than some of the other places that recruited me. Um, you know, even though they say we're going to give you opportunities, you look at their roster and when they have all American pitchers ahead of you, like, yeah, I might get to pitch, but how often am, am I really going to pitch or the big games or whatever? So especially not knowing, I mean, if you knew what the future looked like, then maybe, but I didn't right. know exactly what my career was going to translate to. So, yeah. um, so I knew that as part of going to Texas was that, you know, I would get the opportunities. And I really think being thrown into the fire um, early helped make me deal with adversity and growing up. And really, I will tell people, like, I don't know that I'm ready for the 2004 team if I go anywhere else just because wow. of the opportunities Texas gave me right off the bat. So, yeah. Because yeah. You, you were thrown into this, you had a, you have a, pre, number one, you have a pressure job as a pitcher in general, but as a freshman, that pressure is 
might feel like a lot more. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure I left my opening weekend with like a 14 ERA. <laughs> I'm not lying. It was, I still, rem- I, it's the only thing from my freshman year I think I remember vividly. Because oh, no. um, we played, we started playing Arizona, lost on a walk-off home run in the bottom of the seventh. Oh. Um, I think we, we either lost one nothing or two to one. Mm-hmm. Then we, we played UMass and that was the only game I didn't pitch. Oh. The next day, we open up with UCLA and my dad to this day says, it still says, I didn't give up a single extra base hit, but I got pulled when it was like nine to nothing. So that tells <laughs> you how successful I really was at getting people out. Um, and I'm pretty sure we lost like 14 to nothing or something. Like that. So I got pulled in that game early, which obviously was only five innings if it's 14 to nothing. <laughs> um, later that afternoon, I had to play Cal. We won that game two to one. So there was a success story. And then Sunday come and we have to play Fullerton. And I know at one point I gave up back-to-back home runs, then got an out, and then gave up a third home run. And by the time I gave up the third one, I looked at the dugout and said, lifesaver, anybody? I'm drowning. Like, Oh, my God. Yeah. It was – you want to talk about learning real fast? Yeah. Um, like, yeah I'm pretty sure the whole I – don't, I don't remember the flight home, but I'm pretty sure I probably was just crying, figuring out, like, how am I going to do college? <laughs> If that's my first weekend, what's the rest of it going to look like? <laughs> right. But, you know, the fun part of that is when people try to say you didn't struggle, I'm like, oh, let me tell you a story. We had some struggles. Let's sit on the struggle bus together. <laughs> right. Wow. That's cool. I, yeah, obviously, I had no idea about that because I've only really seen you more with the Olympic team and, and all the different things that you've done post-college. So that's that's really cool because, you know, it, it makes you either want to give up and say, wow, this is crap or, you know, bear down and, and go and make that not happen again, which obviously that's kind of what you did. Yeah. Well, and that's where, I mean, I, it's a, it's another twist to that story is my dad was not going to come out. Cause he was like, I'm going to let her be on her own first college tournament. And my mom said like two days before he's like, no, I got to go before <laughs> I ended up out there. So, wow. but you know, it was good having him out there because he was able to, um, like the UCLA game he's like you didn't pitch that bad like you didn't give up any extra base hits like it's okay like I remember she pulled me and I sat and then like you know you start crying and it's like I'm not gonna curse so I was like can I go to the bathroom and <laughs> he didn't like walk next to me but you know he like walked if you know it was my dad you knew he was following me but if you didn't know he was my dad you had no clue and yeah he was full of positive encouragement that it would only get better and all that so yeah, so, you know, I knew there were bright spots, obviously, beating Cal, taking Arizona to the bottom of the seventh, so yeah. it's just, you know, one of those of figuring out what works and what doesn't, and yeah. taking the good instead of the bad, as hard as that is, so. Right, yeah, as much yeah, as But I think, like, moments like that made me grow up fast and figure out, okay, if I want to do this, how do I, how do, I do it? Right. Um, and I think, again, that's what eventually springboarded me to, in my opinion, be mature enough to be on the 2014. Yeah. So, so you, did you make the USA team your, your freshman year? So I, fun fact, I made the nat my first national team, um, a week after graduating high school. Woo-hoo! All right. So, um, I graduated high school and three days later was on a plane to Chula Vista, um, for the first national team tryout in 2001. Wow. Right before my freshman year in Texas. Oh my God. Yeah. <sighs> what a so whirlwind. Cool. That was a whirlwind. And talk about that. That was different because Kira Garrell was the only other person 
um, who was close to my age and I think she had just finished her freshman year. And then after that, everyone had at least finished their sophomore year. So minus one person, everyone was at least a two year age difference. Wow. And Which, when you talk about it, like think about after your sophomore year of college, like how often do you really relate to that high school senior? Right. Much. Wow. Yeah. And then, so you made the team and then you played with them that summer before going into Texas. Yeah. So we were, there were two teams. Everyone was young. None of the Olympians, well, I shouldn't say none. The only Olympians back were Amanda Freed and Stacey Newman because they had still been in school. Mm -hmm. um, everyone else was kind of doing a tour with the pro league. Um, before it was MPF, it was WPSL. And so oh. they were touring um, with them to try to help promote that. And so a bunch of us got our first start in 2001. And I was on, we had a red and a blue team. I was on the red team. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, we went straight from tryouts to, I think it was, we had to pack for six weeks on the road. Because if you made the red team, you would go, we would tour with the blue team in California. And then from tour, we would go to Hawaii and Canada Cup where the blue team toured, went home, Canada Cup, and then later they went to Venezuela. So wow. Yeah, I went from graduating high school to spending like six to eight weeks straight on the road. Oh my God. Was that like exciting or terrifying? Uh both. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, this is the day before cell phones are really popular, so this is gonna show show my age, but <laughs> I got a calling card for graduation that had five hundred minutes on it. It was like the best thing ever because um, when we were in Canada I used it to call home all the time <laughs> um, but yeah I mean it was again another growing up process I think and that's where else if I ever write a book like I say I'm going to it's like growing up and growing old in USA softball um, oh, like that's where I grew up because I got in it so young and obviously that's where I'll finish my career which is a cool storybook ending regardless of how the outcome comes but yeah absolutely yeah I, I I can also say I lived under a rock as a high schooler, so really? I was very naive and innocent. Yeah. I learned a lot. Yeah. About life, so, yeah. <laughs> well, I would read that book, obviously. Um, but I can start it soon. <laughs> Now's the time, right? Right. <laughs> uh, How bad do you want it if you say, if I had the time, I would do it? And here we are, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that that's just such an interesting way to, it's all full circle, you know, like starting from when you were so young before you were even in college. And now you're at the point where, you know, you've returned to USA. Um, but in the middle there, you retired like that. So it was after the 15 season you retired, right? Mm -hmm. What was the thought, pro what brought you to the decision to retire? How'd that happen? Well, let's like go back two and a half to three years before that, when I said I was going to retire the first time, <laughs> decided not to. Um, I don't know where or why I put on my, maybe because at the time when I first got in the Olympics, I was like, I'll play through 2012. I'll be 30. I'll call it quits. It'll be great. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so I hit 30 and said I was going to retire. Yep. And then halfway through, or not even halfway through, I probably, I think I changed my, I changed my mind like three weeks into season. I just didn't tell anybody I changed my mind three weeks sure. into season. Because yeah. I'm like, how do we do that? Like, let's start season, then I'm going to retire. And three weeks later, I'd be like, ha, never mind. <laughs> um, so instead, I waited like two months later. Because <laughs> um, I just still loved the game. It was fun again. Um, some of that comes with, you know, the coaches we get and how life changes. But 
Yeah. Um, prior to that season, I had actually gotten in touch with a strength and conditioning coach in Austin, Lance Sewell, who um, worked with University of Texas baseball while I was in school. Cool. And I always liked kind of what the baseball pitchers were doing. And so he had transitioned to cover the softball team after I graduated as well. And so um, I went over to him and just kind of asked, like, do you have time to train me? Like, what does this look like? And um, I think once I had started training with him, just he's good physically and mentally. Like he would ask questions and just pose things that made me mentally kind of push through and, and unveil like what I really love to do. And that's compete and that's to be better and that's continue yeah. to push myself. And so training with him, I got in probably the best shape I had been in since 2008. Um, and so I played again, fell in love with it again, decided not to retire. And then obviously played two and a half, three years after that. Yeah. Um, and then 2015 came and it was just to the point that one, I had gotten offered or I had taken the job at Texas state. Um, and they were okay with me playing that summer. But after that, you know, obviously with recruiting and everything, she wanted me to be around. And I was like, that's fine. I'm at a point in my career where I'm okay stepping away. Yeah. And coaching had always been my dream job. Like it's always what I've wanted to do since like fourth grade. Again, when I wasn't even playing softball. So if you'd asked me <laughs> in fourth grade, it probably would have been being a basketball coach. Um, <laughs> But, uh, so I was ready for it. And the other part of that was just the way the pride and the NPF were going is we traveled so much, but we didn't necessarily have access to the facilities that I needed to, to work out and stay, stay in shape and stay doing the things to keep my body put together. So in the older you get, the harder it is to stay ready all the time and keep your body primed for game day. Right. Um, and, you know, MLB benefits that you fly to a city and there's a weight room in the stadium. So you can just pay someone to take me to the stadium and go get a workout in at whatever hour you want to get it in at. Right. Um, you know, we don't always have that opportunity. And my personal opinion, I shouldn't be having to pay $10, $15, $25 a day to go train at a gym in order to stay put together for... Right. As a professional, yeah. As a professional athlete. And so, yeah. and some of the weight hotels we were in, the weight room gyms were... Um, yeah, minimal. I don't know that you can define them as gyms sometimes. Right. Um, a room with a cardio machine might be a proper description. That's what, yeah, that's what they are. Um, so it just kind of got tougher on me. And at that point, I was ready. I was like, I'm okay to step away. And again, you have to remember the Olympics aren't in the picture at this point in time. Right, yeah. I don't know if the Olympics had already been brought back, if that would have changed my decision or not. Um, yeah. I can't wholeheartedly say, but it was time and I was ready to just be able to step away and, and say, you know, I was happy with how my career had been and yeah. I was okay the way it ended. I mean, we didn't win an MPF championship that year, but I was okay with that. Um, yeah. So I know in my heart, if I was okay with no matter how it ended, then it, I was in a good place. Yeah. And after, you know, if, had it been, that's it in 2015, you, there's so much that you did and, you know, on that list when you think about it where it's like that's yeah what a, what a bow on on a career you know but then the end of the story is not there you decide you want to come back how did that decision happen um, that's a <laughs> nice story um so yeah they so it gets back voted back in in 2016 uh -huh. and again at that point i'm like that's awesome like younger athletes get this dream they get this chance that's great you know yeah. and there and don't get me wrong from the second I retired on 
I would get either texts or tweets from Monica Abbott that's like, hey, you should think about unretiring. <laughs> no, but thanks. Yeah, wow. um, and uh, then she, you know, she joined the national team, which was huge. And yeah, um, at the time, Coach Erickson had asked me to fill out the application for the coaching pool. Oh, and I was like, I don't, I don't want to. And he was like, please do it. And I'm like, okay <laughs> sure and coach erickson and i have a great relationship he's like a second dad to me um he has been i mean i met him when i was 13 and kept in touch and just yeah, wow god um he was on that first coaching staff in 2001 when i was on the team which was my saving grace sometimes because he just knew that being younger and how i grew up that you know he, he was kind of the watchful eye so i know that's why my parents didn't stress that i was gone and away from home for so long yeah um and so when he says do something I'm like okay I'll do it yeah so I applied I got in the coaching pool they selected coaches for that year for both the national team and the junior team and I wasn't on either coaching staff and it didn't affect me like I wasn't upset right and so when I wasn't upset I was like if I'm not upset that I'm not part of it why am I doing it right and so then I talked to my head coach at Texas State, Coach Woodard, and she was asking me, well, why don't, you know, why don't you want to do it? Like, what's the difference in coaching that versus coaching college? And just questions. And I was like, well, college, you only get four years, five if you redshirt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't ever live my life. Like, do we say, yeah, I would love to be in college again? Yeah, for the fun times. I don't, like, want to go live my entire college career again, especially <laughs> that opening weekend we talked about. Let's never yeah. live um, so it's like, you only get that time and then you can move on. So like I moved on, I'm coaching college. That's great. I don't ever wish to be out there for my kids whatsoever. And I said, I can't say that if I were coaching the national team, I wouldn't feel like I could be out there still. Yeah. And so I think that was part of it for me. And at the same time, like a couple weeks later, Kelly Kretchen was coming to visit because um, she coached with us at Texas State. Mm-hmm. And she was coming to actually show our new assistant how to do all the video stuff. Um, and unbeknownst to me, Kelly was, I knew she was staying with Coach Woodard, but I didn't know she had had this conversation with Coach Woodard after a day in the office with us. Um, we had talked about, I was pulling out of the coaching pool. Uh-huh. We had talked about that. And Kelly had said to me, she's like, you want to play again? I'm like, no, I love my job. I don't want to have to resign. Like, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Well, Kelly staying with Coach Woodard that night while they were watching whatever was on TV was like, hey, by the way, Kat wants to play again. She (laughs) won't tell you because she doesn't want to lose her job. And they had a discussion about it. And so like a week later, Coach Woodard and I had gone recruiting. And I still remember we always park in this back parking lot by the softball field. Um, And I remember pulling in to go drop her off at her car. And we were talking about something completely different. And as we pull onto the street to get into the parking lot, she's like, hey, stop right there. I meant to tell you, um, if you want to play again, we'll make it work. All right. And I was like, excuse me? Like, what are you talking about? And she calls Kelly my sister because we've known each other since that 2001 summer. Yeah. And we fight like sisters. So (laughs) she's like, well, your sister said she thinks you want to play again, but you don't want to resign. And so if you want to play in the Olympics again and you want to try for that, we'll figure out how to make it work. And I was like, okay, all right. And it kind of got me excited, even though I had never really put that thought into my own mind. 
Yeah. And I don't take long to make decisions. So like when coach Woodard offered me the job at Texas state, I think within 36 hours, I was like, I'm coming. Wow. Um, so this one took probably about maybe 48 uh -huh. the whole weekend. First I called Kelly and was like, what the heck were you doing? What did you do? <laughs> and she was like, well, I know you and you just won't put the thought in your own head because you don't want to be disappointed when you can't do it. I was, you know, of course I had to like tuck my tail and be like, okay, you might be right. But. Yeah. Gosh, Kelly. Right. And then, um, obviously talked to my husband, um, about what that would look like and for us and called my parents, my dad, Ooh, I told you all along. That's what you should have done. I'm like, great. Cool. Everyone else is telling me. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. And then the more I thought about it, it was like, if I can do it, why not? Like, why wouldn't you, if you still have the talent to compete at that level, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, so I made my phone calls to, you know, make sure policies and procedures with USA softball, that it would still be doable. Um, right. And um, whoever I talked to in USA softball then called coach Erickson. They were like, you know, you hold off calling coach E. And I'm like, okay. So um, yeah, I told them, you know, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to be considered at your next tryout. Like, um, of course they're like, what are you going to do? Are you going to go play pro ball? I'm like, oh no, I'm just going to train at home. We're good. <laughs> and they're like, um, like just, if I can't make it work this way, I can't make it work. Like, it's what I have to do. Um, so uh, then that night, Coach E called me and was like, uh, here you have something to tell me. <laughs> yeah, about that. Um, so it just ended up being a decision with everybody and everyone was so supportive of it that I was like, I can't not do it if everyone else is this supportive right. of it too. But in my heart, I felt like, don't get me wrong, I wanted to do it. I was excited to play again. Um, the process of getting back into throwing shape and throwing, um, yeah, grueling, but it's fun for me. Like that's the part I like. I like the hard work. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I also felt a sense of responsibility to USA softball because I'm an alum and I still was able to throw that. Why wouldn't you go do it if you still can and help your program win a gold medal? Like yeah. if you, if they said, Hey, you, you have one chance to go back to ULM and possibly make them get to the world series will you take it yeah. like all of us are gonna say yeah if that's put in front of us yeah and so for me it was like that's what was put in front you have this opportunity to help usa softball potentially win another gold medal at the olympics like will you do it it's a no-brainer and yeah i just i think what works in my favor is i'm a spin pitcher not a power pitcher so i don't lose a lot when i don't throw um obviously i have to gain timing and stuff but it's not like because mu muscle atrophied or whatever, I'm not throwing as hard. Um, right, right. I just got to teach the fingers not to throw fastballs down the middle from BP and make them <laughs> Right, yeah, going from BP thrower to spinny drop back cur backdoor curve. Yeah, yeah, so for me, it was just, it was a little bit of responsibility and then, you know, just excitement to get the opportunity again. Yeah. Um, there's a small part that obviously wants to exact a little bit of revenge, but that's oh, hell yeah. That's not the, I think that's what people want to say drives me every day. That's not, I don't wake up every day and look at a picture of, of the 2008 and be like, yes, but I just look up at every day and I'm like, I have 15 other people who have never been there. Like, let's, right. let's help make them have the best experience they can have. That, that's so, that's so great. Cause a lot of people would like, I didn't even, I didn't really think about it until you just said that about wanting to have revenge on Japan, yeah. especially on their turf especially in Japan. But, um, but yeah, it's nice to know that this is about, this is about USA. This is about the team. This is about the girls, everything like that. But 
when, when everything started to kind of happen, did you start to feel like maybe I did want this and everybody else realized it and I didn't, did you feel like that? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, even when I retired in 2015, I didn't mention like part of that too, was I had met my, he was my boyfriend at the time, but I had reconnected with Joey, which is a whole nother story (laughs) because we dated 10 years before. So, wow. Yeah. Like I said, another story for another day. Um, but we had reconnected and had been dating and him and his step, him and his daughter, my stepdaughter Bracken had come out to Florida and seen me throw and hung out for a bit and everything. And he kept asking, like, are you sure, are you sure you want to retire? Like, you don't have to. And I'm like, dude, this was decided before you, like, let's not, (laughs) let's not play with this decision. And every time I'd be like, is Don paying you? Like, does Don want you to change my mind? Like what commission are you getting if I change my mind? (laughs) Um, but so he had never really wanted to see me hang it up yet. And, um, my dad understood because he knew my love for coaching, but yeah, he was like, you still have more in you. And so, yeah, I think once everyone else was supportive and I think the final straw was, so I decided I, I made my decision in the fall of 17. A lot of people don't know that. Whoa. Um, I just didn't tell anybody until the fall of 18. Okay. So, because I needed to make sure I could still do it. Well, so did you come out to, when did you come out to Scrapyard? So I came out to Scrapyard in June of 18. That was 18, yes. Okay, okay. So I came out to Scrapyard, and then actually like two weeks after coming out to Scrapyard, I went down to Florida to watch Randy Rupp pitch against the Pride, but at the same time convinced Megan Willis to catch a bullpen. And then <laughs> I stayed long enough that the visiting team switched, and Chicago came in, and Sandberg was there. So I convinced her to come catch a bullpen, too. And so I finished my bullpen with Sandberg and that's when Stacy Newman was coaching the team at the time. Okay. And, um, I had just finished and newbie drives up and she comes up and she's like, you know what? I was just waiting for the announcement. I knew it the (laughs) whole time. There was no way you weren't going to try again. And I'm just like, okay, yes, you're right. You're right. There's (laughs) no way I wasn't. Yeah. I think I was just so focused on my job and like not wanting to sacrifice that, that I didn't really let myself, truly figure out if I wanted to play again or not. Yeah. But then again, that's why you have close friends like Kelly Kretschmann who know what you're thinking and can tell you what you want to do. That sounds like the most Kelly moment ever. Oh, yeah. She tells me all the time. Kelly tells me all the time what I want to do. So if I ever don't know what I want to do, I just call Kelly and be like, Hey, here's my, here's my dilemma. What do I really want? Like here's this, this and that. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's, it, it's just, it's a cool way to, that's such a cool way to have come back because I can, you know, I can only imagine the difficulty into going into a decision to retire because it's not like you don't love the, the sport. It's not like right. you were good at that point, yeah. you know? And so coming to the decision to hang them up and then coming to a decision to take them off the hook, those are yeah. two huge decisions, you know? Right. And then, that, and then to be prepared for everyone to like call me Brett Farr part two. <laughs> Okay, I do think of Brett Favre sometimes, mostly because I totally get it why he retired and then came back. You know, it's hard. It's not yes. Good. Well, there's like something about the competitive juices that is in us and the yeah. desire to be competitive that just, if you have the opportunity, like, it's hard to turn down. <sighs> that doesn't mean post July 21 that I will do anything. I, well, I shouldn't say I don't know what I'll do, but <laughs> after 21, I'm for sure... At some point in 21, I'm for sure done. Yeah. Pro- probably. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, I know. That's, 
Oh yeah, sure. I'm like, no, no. Right. No, for real. That's a cherry on top is another. And I think, I mean, I think I thought of this when, when it was, um, when it was your birthday and you're, you turned 37 and next year you're going to be your Jersey number for the Olympics. And, and I just think that's, that's, you know, kind of cool. It is. It's cool that it worked out that way. Cause when I was like, when I posted something about changing my Jersey number, Mm -hmm. um, again, another, another long story. Um, but Someone's like, well, that's your age. I'm like, no, I'll only be 37. And now I'm like, no, no, be right now it is. The world works in crazy ways. I just it, wish coronavirus wasn't the reason I'm 38. <laughs> I know, right? Like, if any, I'd rather do it at 37, but. Yeah. Has, has your, like, um, routine or, you know, uh, you know, behind the scenes stuff changed at all over the years? Or do you feel like you've kind of yeah. maintained the same stuff that makes you, makes you great? Um. I mean, I think some things change, obviously with age, your body changes. And so you have to, you have to adapt. Um, you know, like I can't just say, Hey, I'm going to go for a run and go put my shoes on and run out the front door. I've got to go do the whole like warm up thing. <laughs> Otherwise I'm going to hurt for three days. Um, and like in the past, I've always been a runner. I've always enjoyed long distance running. I know it sounds crazy to some people, but yeah, I could put a podcast on and go run and be content for a long time. Awesome. And like, lo- let me preface long distance is like three, four, max five miles i'm not like <laughs> six to ten miles no not like um, training. yeah but um yeah i used to just wake up and be like eh, i'll go for a run and put shoes on and go and not the case anymore so when i say i'm gonna go run i have to like a lot 15 minutes to warm up but um i think if anything that's changed is like i do like i plan out what i'm gonna do and how i'm gonna like not necessarily the whole workout i'm gonna do but yeah. Okay, if I'm going to lift at 10, then I need to be, you know, dressed and ready to go at 9.30 so I can start to, whether it's stretch or go jog or whatever it is. And then, um, you know, if I'm going to pitch, when am I going to pitch? Because it, depending on what my lift is, like how heavy, where before I could just go boom, boom, boom and be fine. Right. Um, now if I just go, like if I'm boom, 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 I have to be mentally prepared for that because I'm also going to like crash soon after and need a nap yeah. and a lot of food um, <laughs> where before it's like I could do anything and oh there's no effect like no there's an effect now no pain um, and then the other part is just realizing that um I used to be a person that I felt like I needed to throw all the time to keep my yeah. stuff and um probably about two probably about two years before retiring I realized that I can throw every other day and still be okay um and that helped I think that helped me those three years from when I said I was going to retire to when I actually retired, um, it helped me last a little bit because I, I would, I would just pitch every other day and obviously back to back if we needed to game, game situations, right. um, but practice stuff, I would just go every other day. And if it was a day I didn't throw, then I'd make sure I got extra running or something else in. And um, the other part is I think I took more seriously my lifting in between game days. Cool. Um, and just the purpose and the intent of like the exercises that Lance was giving me. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't think some people go and just make up a workout and it's like, yeah. that's not benefiting you if you don't know why you're doing something. So yeah. And then in quarantine right now, it's just about remembering to stretch after doing things instead oh. of just jumping to the next. Yeah. Stretching's hard. It's boring. Well, it feels, yeah. Like I shouldn't say it feels like a waste of time, but it, it feels like a waste of 15 minutes. You just sit in there for the most part. 
Yeah. So now I try to, I, I'll put on, I'll turn the TV on while I stretch at least. Nice. Catch up on the show or something. Yeah. Well, and, and we have a great routine of shadow boxing weekly. Yes. That's so much fun. It is fun. I love it. Um, I can't, the, the two weeks that Allie and I did it three days a week was like, I was, after Saturday came, I like crashed so hard. You can't throw another punch. Right. Can't do it. But I think it's fun because one, it's how many of us, well, first of all, I had never, that was not on my list of if I have time, I will try. Yeah. Not on my list. Yeah. But now I'm like, I told my husband, like, can we get a punching bag? Like we need to get some type of, like, I want to hit something while I do this. Yeah. Because I swear as we're doing it, I feel like I could fight anybody and I probably do. Absolutely. It's fun to do it with other people, like on our Zoom, because, you know, one, when the hard parts come, you can't quit because everybody else is still going. Everyone can see you. Yeah. Um, and then, except for I, I cheated on the burpees the other day. I didn't go all the way down to the ground. Sorry. <laughs> You're forgiven. When he says 10, 10, 10, if there's 10 pushups after 10 burpees, <laughs> we're doing like the half burpee thing. Yeah. No. Sorry, Rad. Oh. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's just fun to watch, like, to see each other. Yeah, oh my gosh, it's a blast. It's, it's, it's fun finding new ways, especially because, you know, I feel like I've learned now about you, but also about, you know, Kelly and Allie and, and some of those other girls about working hard is fun and, and sweating is fun and being able to do that all together is, is nice, you know? We're, like, sometimes we're Actually, all feel, together. Do you but. feel like you move better now than the first session? Oh, like, yeah, man. I could throw so many punches just fast. and Yeah. I'm pretty I, sure last Saturday I was boxing you, though. You happened to be, like, the square that was right <laughs> in my view. So I'm like. Yeah, yeah you pro- and you would have won, honestly. Um, only because of my reach, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, I love I hope you do get a punching bag. That'd be, that'd be just the cherry on top of the boxing. The that might be, like, my retirement gift from my husband. There you go. There you go. Something you didn't even know that you wanted to do. And now you're like, wow, I'm on board. Yeah. That's I great. never thought I would enjoy it that much. Yeah. And it kicks your butt. Like, you know, I don't know. Do you have a whoop? Yeah. Yeah. I, every time I'm like 12.4. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The, one of the first times we did it, um, actually Levy Jung had made a group like with oh. Kelly and some other people like from past Olympics. Yeah. And so she wakes up and she's like, 13.1 boxing, really? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, really. Yeah. I was like, join us, you'll see. Oh, yeah. And she did. She did come on yeah, one of them. She came on one of them. Yeah. Wow. It's nice. It's nice to find different ways to stay in shape, especially because it just benefits, you know, all of us are still trying to play and right. still trying to stay in shape no matter when we know we're going to play or not. But um, yeah, yeah it's fun. That. It's fun holding each other accountable too. Like, Hey, you're going to be in boxing today. See you then. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't miss anymore. I've already gotten like my two mulligans. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm so glad that we got a chance to talk and that we got to cover just so much of your career, especially Steph. Like I thought I knew Kat Osterman's career and there were, so, there were things that I didn't know. And I think that's going to be cool for other people to know too, that, you know, with all this success comes other, you yeah. know, hard times or things you had to get through or learn and, and stuff so I just think it's I think it's just what a, what a career you know thanks yeah, yeah I think with like the digital age like I really I played were we on tv some yeah we thought we were on tv a lot but it's not right. compared to now right and so I laugh because when I think we first went into quarantine everyone started posting like college game footage and 
right. Deja from the national team, Deja Malinkola was like, post some like baby cat videos. I'm like, okay, let me go get out the VHS and the VCR. <laughs> so that's what they're on. Like, yeah. I literally have a bag of VHSs that my grandma had. And when she passed, they gave them to me. And I'm like, what do I, what do, I do with these? How do I play this? Can I plug this into my computer? <laughs> I'm like, does a, v, does a VCR plug into the smart TV I have? Like, why, Bluetooth? Do they connect that way? <laughs> oh, it's a lot of work to get the baby cat videos. Yeah. So when NCAA, anytime NCAA posted, I'm like, share, share. Yes. See? They exist. I did exist. I did play. Yes. But I think that's what, like, people know things, because obviously it's written and you can, like, record it, but right. they don't know-know, because, like, it wasn't in the era of everything being at your fingertips. Right, right, which, and, and all the more reason to bring it into light, because, yeah. you know, obviously people don't forget about it, but they, it still would be cool to see, you know, even yeah. now, but, I mean, just, yeah, what what cool stuff and i i know i'll never forget last summer you i i asked you if you could sign a ball for my friend and you said you said if you keep swinging at my rise ball i'll sign whatever you want do you remember that yes okay because this is the story every time we go over scouting reports everyone's like well sam swings the rise ball i'm like good to know i don't really throw one very often but right. good to know and the first one i threw you you just went i was like I turned around, I was like, you guys said she swings at this all the time. Like, what the heck just happened? Damn, yeah. <laughs> and then I threw something else and then threw one later and you swung. I was like, okay, there we go. But I was like, you guys said she swings at it no matter what. That's, that was not a swing. Like, yeah. that didn't work. You were just as surprised as I was that I didn't swing at <laughs> You have to be in your, those moments. You're like, yes, good job. Finally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then swinging, I'm like, there I go again, Sam. Good job. <laughs> but... Thank you for taking the time out of your quarantine day to Zoom with me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And I can't wait for everyone to hear, you know, what you have to say about what you've been through and, and you know, that you're still going for gold uh, now, not in a few months, but a year in a few months. Um, Maybe we'll finish Game of Thrones by that point. Yeah, please. That'd be great. Wow, I'm getting a FaceTime call. Decline. It was my mom. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see you in person whenever that may be, yeah. hopefully in August, um, hopefully, but until then, we're reading the thrones together, so yeah, it's going slow, but um, we're doing it. I know, but we have to finish the second book here. I know, I know, we you're have to do it before we see each other. You're way ahead of me. Yeah, we need to finish it definitely before August. Absolutely, okay, that's our goal, but um. Until hopefully August, thank you so much for being on The Unknown Pro, and we'll catch you all next time. Sounds good. Bye.